Good Wednesday evening. Welcome in to Prep Sports Tonight right here on FM 99.1, the Sports Animal. My name is Josh Ward. With you for the next hour, we have an extended edition to get you ready for the start of the high school football playoffs. Jesse Smithy of FiveStarPreps.com joins me as well as he does each week here on the show. Jesse, good evening. It is hard to believe that we have now reached the postseason of the high school season. It's very much hard to believe that we're here. And some teams got into the postseason at the very last minute. And the people out at Farragut High School know what I'm talking about, Josh. I don't don't know if you saw this on Friday night, but with about two minutes to go, Farragut High School was on the brink of season over. I'm talking about no playoffs, anything. They were trailing Jefferson County. And then Gabe Hensley scores a touchdown with less than a minute to go. And they go from no playoffs to hosting a game and being a two-seed. So that's how wild some of the scenarios were, at least in Class 6A, and we kind of had crazy situations going on in 5A, but nevertheless, it all shook out. Everybody knows who they're playing now in the first round of the playoffs this Friday night, and not a lot of marquee games that maybe jump off at the page at you, but it's playoff time. Crazy things are going to happen. Nerves are going to come into the equations, and it's going to be a fun night this Friday night. Well, like you mentioned, Farragut, uh, Farragut w- with the season being on the line, now getting ready for Bradley Central when they had a rally to win that game in week one, right? So uh, it kind of goes full circle, comes full circle here for the Farragut Admirals. And who knows what we could be talking about this time next week from week one of the high school season. Oh, absolutely. Or the, or the, or the postseason, excuse me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that was a game back at the start of the season where Farragut found themselves down. Uh, they're late in the game and, and, and rally back to beat a really good Bradley Central team who has probably two guys, maybe a little more, that could play football on Saturdays in terms of skill talent-wise. And so I think Farragut has some good memories to draw back on that game, but Farragut has to question themselves about where they are mentally because we've seen them good at times. We've seen them really confused at times in terms of beating teams that they're supposed to beat and not doing that. So... If anybody can predict what Farragut's going to do on this Friday night, I'd, I'd love to hear it just because I think this game might be one of the, the better games in round one with Bradley Central coming to town. And obviously the Admirals are in at the beginning of the season, though, if I told you Farragut's not going to make it or with a couple minutes to go, it's not going to be sure or confident. Uh, you, you probably would have been surprised by that 11 weeks ago, right? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, they were a two seed in that region. Yeah which I think we kind of expected all along with them to be a one or a two seed. So while it was a topsy-turvy season, they still achieved what they needed to achieve in terms of getting a home playoff game for the 6A playoffs. And if anybody knows how to string together a, a crazy postseason and make a run, it's Farragut. They did it just a few years ago where they trailed by so many points three or four times and were able to rally each time. So I know Eddie Courtney and that staff will probably draw back on those experiences and remind their players that but that first playoff game is always the hardest to win because right there at the forefront of every player's mind is if we don't come out tonight and and play well and it's possibly season over you start to see them tighten up a little bit at halftime if maybe they're trailing you're not performing like they should so and that's when upsets happen there are a few teams that uh, that were close but did fall short. What are we looking at? 33 teams in the five-star preps coverage area that did make the playoffs? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a few teams like Seymour that put on such a great run at the end of the season that just fell short. Seymour was in that game Friday night against Halls and, 
and needed to win that game to sneak into the 5A postseason. And But nevertheless, what a great season turnaround that they had. I mean, I saw them play against Central at Central, and Seymour just could not score, just could not do anything. And then all of a sudden, it's snap of a finger. They're winning four games in a row and right in the thick of things in the playoff conversation. But I, I know that staff is going to take a lot of like good feelings into the offseason and a nice building block year for a first-year coach there and a program also like Hardin Valley Academy who nearly made a run and made it into the 6A playoffs. They finished the season on a three-game win streak and, and have some really nice wins in that streak as well. So there's a first-year coach there at Hardin Valley and Mike Potter. And, uh, again, taking a win streak into the offseason, even though they're not going to make the playoffs, Still a, a good sensation to have going into your off-season preparations, knowing that, hey, we took a major step here in the, in the month of October. Let's continue that into the off-season workout and then into spring ball and see what we can do in 2020. Jesse Smithy, 5starpreps.com. This is Prep Sports Tonight on FM 99.1, the sports animal. What do you think of the three area teams that are entering the postseason trying to defend titles from a year ago, Central in 5A, Greenville in 4A, Alcoa in 3A? Well, start with Alcoa because that's probably the easiest uh, to to answer. I think everybody expects them to get back to Cookville and win another state championship, just given what their defense has done all year long, only allowing Maribel and Blackman, two 6A programs, to score touchdowns against them. I think in Week 11, Dobbins-Bennett, another 6A program, only put up a pair of field goals. So for the entire regular season, Alcoa surrendered 37 points combined, which is just ridiculous to think about. Now, looking down the road a little bit, they're going to have to probably play uh, Austin East or Gatlinburg-Pittman again in the early rounds of the playoffs. And should they win those games like they're expected to, they're probably going to match up with a Loudon or an Upperman. They played Upperman in the state semifinals a year ago, and that game was at Upperman and, and got a little bit of a, a game against Upperman in the state semifinal. So Loudon wants to try their hand and make a, a nice run and continue their unbeaten season. So I think, but all signs are still pointing right now anyways, uh, to Alcoa defending their state title again. Now in 4A, Greenville comes in in a little bit different situation. They're a two seed. The last two years, they've been a one seed. They fell to Elizabeth in this year on a last second field goal that dropped them down in their region standings a little bit. And so while they should win the first round game, this Friday night, if they do, they're likely going to match up with Anderson County in the second round instead of the state quarterfinals like we've seen them the previous two years. Those were big-time games, and basically everybody felt that whoever won the Greenville-Anderson County game in 2017 and 2018 would go on to win a state championship, and that's exactly what happened, except Greenville won both of those championships in 2017 and 2018. Greenville has shown a couple of chinks in the armor this year, Close losses to Powell, close losses to Elizabethan, but still a lot of components on that team from last year's state championship run. So don't exactly count Greenville out, but right now a lot of people talking about Anderson County, possibly Elizabethan uh, dethroning Greenville in in the state playoffs. So we'll see. I know Greenville's going to come in highly motivated to, to prove some of these doubters wrong. And then Central in 5A stumbling a little bit heading into the playoffs. They lost games in week 10 and week 11 to finish 8-2 and two in the regular season. They're still hosting a first-round playoff game against Davy Crockett, and uh, that's a dangerous Davy Crockett team with Cade Larkins at quarterback, a guy who's going to be playing on Saturdays, a guy who's thrown 33 touchdown passes this year, 
nearing around 3,000 yards passing. So they have some dudes on that team, Josh, that can make life very, very difficult for Central, who's trying to defend the state championship. Yeah, and Central, I'd say it obviously wants to win the game because you need two to move on, but to, to get a win, to get back to it after such a long winning streak, which was snapped here over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and I, I think you look back to week 10 in that game against South Oil, look, there were some torrential rains, and Central just couldn't play its normal game. And that happens. That, that's the same thing for South Oil and any other team that played that night. But there in week 11, losing to Gibbs was a, a little bit of a red, red flag that went up and say, okay, let's let's – Let's keep an eye on this Central team going into the 5A playoffs. So while pl- programs like Powell and South Doyle and, and Halls are, are feeling good about themselves right now, Central's kind of limping in. So they need a good momentum-boosting win, like a, a win over Davy Crockett, that they saw in the playoffs last year en route to a state championship. So they're familiar with Cade Larkins. They're familiar with that offensive scheme. And I think Central's defensive unit really comes to play Friday night, makes that game a, a kind of a low-scoring 22 to 20 type of game and i think central gets that win jesse were we able to avoid controversy over the last week is anybody upset about who's in how the setup is is done going into this year's playoffs no i I don't think so i mean since we exited the z plan everything's really clear cut you you have the playoff scenarios that that come out the, the week of the final week of the regular season and everybody knows what they have to do yeah there's some teams that that got in that have a one and nine record or a three and seven and at this point in the year you want to see a little bit better records when you check down the bracket but so in terms of controversy i think there's still the the thought process out there that we'd like to see in the state of tennessee maybe fewer classifications to make it more competitive make those first and second round games more competitive make the brackets mean something make them look a little better and because I think at nine state championships in the state of Tennessee, it's a little watered down. But I don't think there's any controversy concerning a team that should have got in because they knew what needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And so if they didn't win that game, you know, it's 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 on them. Yeah, uh, like Powell versus Lenore City in your breakdown, I think you did it fairly. Same mascot, same color scheme, but there is a difference with the team that's at home and there's a, and the team that's on the road. And both sides know that going in. Right. I mean, Lenore City is in a region with only four teams. So whether they went 10-0 and or whether they went 0-10, they were still going to make the playoffs. And so I, I don't like that, but that's just right now the way geographically things are laid out within regions. So it, it, it's just one of those games that we have to have in the first round, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be paying attention to it uh, as long as Powell comes out and takes care of business. All right, Jesse, we're going to come back. We're going to start taking a look at uh, games coming up this week to pay attention to and the roads that some of these teams might have to travel to try to make it to Cookville and defend or win a state championship. We'll do that coming up next as Prep Sports and I is with you until 8 o'clock here for the entire hour looking ahead to the 2019 TSSAA football playoffs with Jesse Smithy of 5starpreps.com. I'm Josh Ward. This is FM 99.1. The Sports Animal. Back on Prep Sports tonight. Thank you for being with us here this Wednesday evening as 45 minutes from now, ball calls will take over at Calhoun's on the River. Tennessee getting ready for Kentucky on Saturday. We continue to get ready for the start of the high school football playoffs. Another segment here with Jesse Smithy of Five Star Preps. Dot com. So, Jesse, as we start to look at 
the start of the playoffs and the matchups and uh, the different classifications, what stands out to you in uh, Class 1A when you look at some of the area teams and what, uh, what people might be paying attention to this week or over the next few weeks? Well, I think a lot of people are, are looking towards the state semifinals and seeing a Greenback versus South Pittsburgh state semifinal. That, those are two of the teams in the last five years that have really um, caught a lot of people's eye. And I think South Pittsburgh probably over the, the course of their entire history, they, they have a rich history and Greenback really come on over the last five or six years. And you see a lot of Division One talent at Greenback and South Pittsburgh is undefeated this year and has beaten some really good teams and so there's other teams in 1a like oliver springs who've put together a really nice year under coach larry green and what they've been able to do coming off a a year last year where they had a fantastic season and graduated some really key senior players and i think everybody thought they might naturally take a step backwards but they didn't and they finished eight and two and finished as the number two seed in that region and they'll get to host jellico and and move on into probably the, the second round and who knows, maybe maybe face up with uh, a greenback or, or, or what have you later on. So we'll see what happens. But right now, all signs pointing to a collision course with greenback and, and South Pittsburgh. And, of course, greenback won a state championship a couple of years ago last year, eliminated early in the postseason. We saw Holden Willis, their star wide receiver, uh, go down with, a I believe, a, a broken collarbone early in the playoffs. And that really kind of derailed their chances at winning is as Whitwell kind of shocked everybody last year and won a one a state championship. So right now, Greenback's going to be your front runner along with South Pittsburgh in the top half of that bracket. Then we move to Class 2A. What stands out with teams uh, in the area? And uh, I know there are going to be a lot of eyes on Meigs County, what it's able to do in Class 2A. Yeah, Meigs County is a, a team that was right there on the cusp of going to the state final a year ago. They bring back. Aaron Swafford, a Mr. Football winner from 2018. He's a Navy football commitment, and really that entire offense revolves around him and what he's able to do, not only throwing the football, but running the football. And Mex County has had a, a phenomenal year once again, and they're definitely the talk of 2A in the top part of the bracket. But teams like Oneida and teams like Rockwood have put together significant runs in recent memory, especially Rockwood. They've made a couple unexpected runs to the state semifinals in the uh, Right now, they're playing some of their best football. Rockwood's won three games in a row going into the playoffs and go on the road up to South Green to face a 9-1 program. And who knows, if John Webb and that offense can kind of get rolling at Rockwood, maybe they make a run. But right now, it's a it's all eyes pointed at Mex County and see if they can kind of finally cash in on this last season with Aaron Swafford at the helm. Jesse, in Class 3A, what do you think about Austin East 7-3 going into the postseason hosting Johnson County this week? Well, I think they have a real favorable road to going into the state quarterfinals again to, to face Alcoa, most likely. Uh, they open up with Johnson County, who has a losing record. They likely face Kingston or Chucky Doak in the second round. And so Austin East didn't show well in their regular season game with Alcoa. That was back in week two, and they were really struggling to put up points. This is a different football team now. I'm not saying that they're going to beat Alcoa, but I know that Jeff Phillips and, and the quarterback Trey Foster would love to have a second chance at, at beating Alcoa in the state quarterfinals, and we'll see if they can do that. Of course, Gatlinburg-Pittman finished 8-2 and two as a three-seed in that region, and they go on the road and open up with Unicoi County. And Unicoi County doesn't jump off at the page of your record-wise, but they have a, a young man running back who's rushed for almost 1,500 yards this year and over 20 touchdowns. So they'll have their hands full with, with that young man on Friday night. But 
right now, it, it, again, it's Alcoa's championship to lose. Yeah, and you've talked about Loudon. We, we've talked about them a lot this season, 10-0, and 0, so they have to be thrilled with how the regular season has gone uh, hosting York this week. Yeah, it should be an easy win if they come back to play. You know, the, the whole regular season built towards week 11 for Loudon when they had that showdown with undefeated Red Bank, and they put a lot of energy and, and effort into that game and won that game and um, proved some doubters wrong in that game. And so now they enter the postseason as as one of the guys or one of the teams with targets on their back. So there are a lot of people going to be gunning for Loudon, and they need to kind of reset the, the button. They know that they achieved something special in the regular season, but uh, this is a, a tournament sport, and uh, we'll see if they can put together uh, a nice run here in the 3A playoffs. And Jesse, in Class 4A, you talked about Greenville earlier trying to defend its title and that potential matchup there with Anderson County. Anything else to add or that, that we might have missed with Class 4A? Well, I just I think the competition when we get to the semifinal round, whether it's Greenville, Elizabethan, Anderson County, I think once we get to that state semifinal round, it's still not going to be a cakewalk for either of those, any of those three teams to just automatically go to the state final. There's programs like Nolansville that are eight and two. That's really quality. You got an unbeaten Livingston Academy team there in the top half of the bracket. So whereas in years past, we thought that Anderson County Greenville winner in the state quarterfinals automatically goes to the five, a state or excuse me, the four, a state championship. It might be just a little bit of a tougher road in that semifinal round for whatever team makes it there. Jesse, we have a number of games and teams we could cover in class five, a Gibbs at Tennessee high. That could be a good one this Friday. Yeah, absolutely. And Tennessee High had a young man who recently got offered by South Carolina, and I think he picked up a Virginia Tech offer today, and he's an offensive skill guy, a running back receiver that they like to use out there in various ways. And But Gibbs is just playing such good football right now. Of course, we've talked about them having two 1,000-yard rushers at their quarterback, Troy Davis and Ethan Humphreys, and just that offense is just clicking right now. And whenever you have a, a triple option type of offense like Gibbs runs, coming to your football program, a, a program that maybe doesn't get to see it that much, it's definitely a, a reason to, to not panic but have some concern. And so while Tennessee High has had a fantastic year, 9-1, and one, they are definitely on a lot of people's upset alert right now. Yeah. Well, what do you think about South Doyle getting ready for Cherokee this week and getting ready for the postseason? Well, I, I, I hate to say that it's an easy win because last year I thought their first-round game was an easy win, and they, they ended up losing in the first round and season over for South Doyle. I know a lot of people in, in that locker room this week at South Doyle remember that and want that want to avoid that happening in consecutive years. So I think you'll see a motivated South Doyle come out uh, this Friday night and win in round one and advance into the second round where they'll face either Halls or Daniel Boone. And, and so their first and second round games are, are winnable games. And so they South Doyle just has to take advantage of the road before them. What do you think about the 9-1 and one West Rebels uh, who will host Walker Valley this week? Yeah, should get a should get a win there. Walker Valley four and six really struggled this year, and you look ahead to where West could play in round two, and looking like maybe a date with Oak Ridge or Saudi Daisy, and so West positioned themselves. Even though they didn't win that region, they lost by one point uh, to to Powell in that game and finished as a two seed. They're still in a nice part of that bracket where they I think they have a favorable road to at least the state quarterfinals. Uh, again, they just have to take advantage of it and come out and do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Oak Ridge, Saudi Daisy. Oak Ridge is on the road there in that one. Yeah, it was kind of a hard team to figure out. They stumbled out of the gates, and then they got everything corrected, and players are playing well. They 
went on the road and beat Mount Juliet, a 6A team in Middle Tennessee. And then the next thing you know, they lose their last two games of the regular season. Uh, we talked with Joe Gaddis for a, a Class 4A through 6A report on fivestarpreps.com earlier this week, and he talked about how dinged up they are. So, But he's a great motivator. He loves those pregame speeches. He'll find a way to get his guys engaged. They'll put together a game plan, and I fully expect Oak Ridge to win that football game. Yeah, one more in 5A. Uh, Fulton got into the postseason. It's not going to be easy at Ray County, but uh, the, the Falcons were able to get in and have to travel this week. Just an unbelievable win on Friday night in Week 11 to put themselves in a position. I don't think anybody gave them much of a chance to beat Oak Ridge in Week 11, and there they did. Oak Ridge missed a field goal with a few seconds left that would have given them a win, and and Fulton survives. They sneak into the playoffs, and now they're a three seed. And uh, some people are picking them to go on the road and beating uh, and to, to beat Ray County, a team that runs a wing T offense. They're coached by Mark Pemberton who a lot of people in this area remember for leading Catholic to a 2008 state championship in Class 3A. And so for Fulton, a team that's been injured all year long and had a lot of games go against them and start off 0-5, 0-6, they're happy to be here, and, and maybe they want to take advantage of this new life that they got. We'll see. Hey, uh, Jesse, I struggled to decide on my lock of the week for the first round of the playoffs. I've decided on Maryville. What do you think about that pick, the, uh, the Rebels uh, going into the 6A? playoffs well i'm proud of you i'm proud of you for not just you know picking the the front runners and really going out on a limb with your maryville pick uh, i just i don't know just really proud of you josh well you know in the media you gotta you gotta take a stance at some point but uh the yeah, re- the, re- the rebels locally they they go in as uh favorites and and probably a, l- a little revenge on their minds uh big picture with the postseason yeah i think big picture wise they're they're looking at that state semifinal round and getting to host oakland this time in the state semifinals they went down there last year on the road and got blown out on a rainy kind of bad night. They didn't have T. Hodge, and that was their first game without T. Hodge, so maybe they were trying to figure things out offensively. And they've done well this year without T. Hodge. When he's been injured, he's back playing now. But I think this is a more confident team. I think it's uh, more collected and more mature because of what happened a year ago. Everybody still thinks Oakland is the favorite, and maybe Maryville can kind of relish that underdog role when they get there because – they're not used to playing the role of underdog, so maybe they can kind of take advantage of that situation. But they open up with Science Hill on Friday night, and Science Hill 4-6 and six. shocked a lot of people a couple of weeks ago with the win over Dobbins-Bennett, but Maribel should roll in that game and take on either Bradley Central or Farragut in round two. Yeah, you have that game also. William Blunt at Dobbins-Bennett, Bearden at McMinn County in Class 6A. And then to uh, just run through a few more before you go, uh, Jesse, in Division 2A, you have the Kings Academy with a first-round bye. They'll face the winner of USJ versus Chattanooga Grace uh, coming up next Friday. And then uh, thoughts in Division 2 AA, Grace Christian at home this week against Good Pasture Webb at CPA, and then CAK at Chattanooga Christian. So Grace Christian Webb, CAK, thoughts there? I would say out of all three of those that Grace Christian probably has the most favorable road to make it to the state semifinals. they they play a good pasture team that's not very good in round one. They probably lock horns with Boyd Buchanan, who they've already waxed this year, or Lipscomb Academy, who's really beat up and injured right now in the state quarterfinals next week. And so I think uh, Grace Christians put themselves in position to uh, to make a nice run. Uh, CAK's played really good football this year. I think they deserved better than a four seed, but just lost the wrong games at the wrong time. They're eight and two, and take on a Chattanooga Christian team that beat them 14-3 to just a few weeks ago. So uh, CAK's got revenge on their mind. Webb 
kind of looking for new life against a really good CPA team whose record it doesn't really indicate how good they are. And then Catholic is uh, it, it's going to get play started next week, and it's used to traveling at this point. It will go to MUS next Friday night in Division Two AAA. Yeah. yeah, that's a very long bus trip that they're taking over to the Memphis area. And uh, for Catholic, a team that is uh, used to winning state championships, MUS is a program that doesn't really jump off at the the page at you statistically. They're only averaging about five yards a carry with their top running back. Their quarterbacks don't throw the football well, about 50% passing. So MUS likes to turn teams over. Catholic just needs to protect the football, and I think they win that football game next week. The uh, the postseason is here. FiveStarPreps.com is the website you need to check out. You can follow them on Twitter, at FiveStarPreps. Jesse, anything to add before I let you go? Well, I, I really enjoy doing the show with you this season, and uh, hard to believe it's over. Yeah, hashtag HTB at the end for sure. Jesse, Always. thanks for everything, and uh, we'll still be in touch. And, uh, of course, look forward to your coverage of everything going on with the postseason and other sports as well. Thanks so much. Yeah, but everybody join us after the break, and we'll have some good interviews with Gary Rankin and Brad Turner from Gibbs High School. Yeah, that's right. The The show is not over. We have uh, some coaches who are going to join <laughs> yeah. us. I just I say I say goodbye to Jesse here on the show, but that, I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't want people turning it off yet. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, good yeah. lead into Volkov. There you go. You're, you're taking the lead of the show, and I appreciate that. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, all right, man. We'll see you. <laughs> Jesse Smith, fivestarpreps.com. As he mentioned, coming up next, Alcoa coach Gary Rankin knows something about coaching in the postseason. We'll talk about that coming up next right here on Prep Sports Tonight on The Sports Animal. Welcome back into Prep Sports Tonight. Thank you for being here tonight. My name's Josh Ward with you until 8 o'clock. That's when Vol Calls will take over right here on FM 99.1, The Sports Animal, as we continue to get ready for the start of the 2019 TSSAA football playoffs i'm pleased to welcome to the show alcoa football coach gary rankin gary thanks so much for the time tonight what is this time of year like when you get ready for the start of the postseason well it's a fun time of course and uh you know you got to get ready mentally and physically and you know in our case uh the last few years you're getting ready to try to play another half a season is what it amounts to so it's a tough grind uh, you, you got to make sure that you handle it right and there's a fine line between you know overworking the kids and keeping them fresh so uh, uh we're looking forward to friday night and getting this thing started and of course with the success that your program has experienced and, and the streak that you've had going with the titles do you, do you think your players have a good understanding of of what they need to do at this time of year i think so uh you know we we talk about it a little but they understand and you know everybody says whether you're a first seed or a fourth seed everybody goes in and uh the record zero zero and that's and that's 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 true but uh, we're, we're fortunate we've got a uh, uh, situation so we could probably play all our playoff games at home. So, you know, we certainly don't overlook anybody, and we take them one game at a time. How can that help you, uh, the opportunity to be at home during the postseason? Well, I think it helps a lot just to travel, the, just the, the things that you do before and after games and stuff. It's, it's a lot less wear and tear. Of course, we played well on the road, uh, but it's always good to play at home and make sure fans are going to be there. Alcoa coach Gary Rankin here on Prep Sports tonight. What have you thought about what your defense has been able to do this season? Well, it's pretty outstanding, and, and really because they're pretty young over there. We only have two seniors starting, so uh, we look for good things out of them the rest of the year and next year, too. But uh, our defensive coaches are probably, and I think our staff can line up with anybody in the state as far as preparation. And uh, Coach Nix and Coach Campbell and those guys just do an unbelievable job. Uh, 
you know, we've given up 30-something points, I think, all year. And it's just been a, it's been a great job by our defense. They, like I say, they do a great job of preparing for teams and uh, finding out what they got to do to shut teams down. Yeah, the, the the staff communication, the ability to prepare, and we, we talk about being on the same page. I mean, that has to be important for you and your staff. What kind of difference can that make? Well, it makes a huge difference. I mean, there's a lot of continuity. We've been fortunate. We've been able to hold on to our coaches through the years, and a lot of continuity in our program and, and, and our coaches coming back year after year. And uh, like I say, I'll I put our defensive staff up against any in the state. How have you seen uh, Greg Carroll develop? I know that he's started to get even more college attention, but a, a, a big-time junior defensive lineman for you. Well, you could tell back when he was a freshman, and he started some for us, and that usually doesn't happen at Alcoa. And, you know, probably in the 30-plus years I've been coaching, he's probably one of the best linemen that I've had. He's explosive. Uh, you know, people talk about having a motor, and his motor is as good as anybody that probably we've ever had. And he's a good kid, coachable kid, and uh, getting some offers and just playing great football. I mean, he literally just almost dominated the other night uh, against DB. You mentioned the motor. Uh, where does that rank among things you first look for to figure out if a guy has a chance to, to reach his potential? Well, you, you could tell as a freshman he had a pretty good chance to reach. You know, he worked hard. He's very dedicated. He loves the game. And, you know, a kid like that that just flies around all the time, it doesn't matter if it's a walkthrough. We have to calm him down. But uh, <laughs> great kid, going to make somebody a great football player. Yeah, is there something to that? You need to, you, of course, you want them to be excited. You want them to be focused and motivated, but not too much this time of year. Well, you, you, yeah, you got to keep them focused and keep them at the right level. And I think yeah. we do that. I think that's been one one thing where our program has had some consistency. We stay consistent with the way that we go about our daily work and weekly work and monthly work. So, uh, and our kids do a good job of of uh, not getting too high and never getting too low. And I think that's important when you talk about consistency and trying to do it weekend after weekend and, and uh, year after year. How do you do that? Well, just through, well, I think through your, through your habits, I think. I mean, you know, we literally practice today as hard as we would if we were playing a Maryville or a state championship. And I know that's coach speak in a lot of situations, but not in our camp. Uh, it's the same every week. And I understand our kids get a little more excited some weeks than other weeks, but you know, it's my job as a head coach to make sure that those practices are good. It doesn't matter who we're facing or what we're doing. And, and our kids have done a great job of that. Yeah, talking to Alcoa coach Gary Rankin, getting ready for the start of the playoffs in Class 3A, hosting West Green this week. Uh, what are some things you want to get done against West Green in the in the first round? Here? Well, I, and I told our kids that there's two things we want to get done. We want to win and we want to advance and stay healthy. And that's really what you're looking at. Uh, you know, we've had a great streak of defensive shutouts during the year. And, you know, that was the time at the end of the year when we got that going a little bit that uh, we tried to maintain those shutouts, but we certainly won't do that in the playoffs. You know, you you got to make sure that that you can get all your kids to the next Friday night. And when you sometime, like in our situation or whoever gets to the finals, you play another five games. I mean, it's it's uh, it's dicey sometimes about keeping people fresh and, and keeping people healthy. Yeah, did, did you do you remember when you realized that your defense could be as good as it has been this season? Not really, because it, it actually at the first of the year we were at the at pre-fall, I guess pre-fall we were having some difficulties and our communication wasn't good. And a lot of that was coaching; it wasn't the kids. We just weren't uh, communicating well. We weren't communicating well in the secondary. But like I say, we certainly got better, and our kids grew up a little bit. And and it's still a pretty young defense as far as the number of kids that are coming back next year. So. Uh, it just sort of built and built, and uh, 
something that our defensive coaches did, just did a great job with. Talking to Gary Rankin, and Gary, the the schedule you go up against, the teams you play, you talk about playing Maryville. Uh, how much do you think, just in, in terms of the area, a lot of teams have chance to, to compete for championships. The competition that you all go up against each other for 11 weeks, how much does that help prepare so many teams once the postseason arrives? Well, I think it helps a lot. I mean, we opened up with Blackman. We, we played three 6A schools this year, and all of them were two. I think two of them were ranked in the top five in 6A when we played, and and uh, Dobbins Bennett was in the top five till they got upset the week before. So, and we certainly tried to play some good good competition and and try to get ourselves ready for the playoffs. Yeah, do you when you're playing those games, do you look at those as tests to see what you might be at this time no of year? No doubt, I don't think there's any doubt. And I, you know, a lot of times we can, you know, and I've heard our other coaches say something to their kids after a miracle game that's been close or we beat them. You know that. That kind of effort can win you a state championship if you can keep doing that week after week. So it's certainly a measure point. And we always scrimmage great teams in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we scrimmage all five and six, eight teams. So we try to see where we are and see where our kids can grow. And uh, before you go, I've spent a lot of time asking you about your defense. What do you like about what your offense is doing right now as you get ready for the postseason? Well, we've been consistent, pretty consistent. We've taken care of the ball for sure with that very few turnovers. Uh, especially the last six or seven weeks, and we've had a lot of a lot of people on offense contribute, and that's what we tried to do during the season. Uh, there was one game I think we had 17 people that touched the ball, and that's really sort of our philosophy: try to get a lot of kids involved. And it may narrow down some as the playoffs get here, but we certainly uh, had a lot of kids uh, do a lot of good things for the football this year. Hey, if you uh, if you were to write down your typical keys for a game, where does turnover margin rank for you typically? Huge. We played in, uh, in a, and in a, I think I spoke about this at a coaching clinic last year or so, but we've been in 10 or 12 uh, state playoffs, state championship games since I've been here, the 14 years I've been here, and we have seven turnovers. So that's just outstanding to be in that big of a game and not turn the ball. And I think that's where it starts. I think it starts with turnovers and negative plays. And, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time in our, in our practices and, uh, uh, you know, we win the turnover battle just about weekly. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. In high, in high school, and yeah. I'm sure it might be it's true in college and pros, I don't know, but I know in high school it starts with us with not beating ourselves. And uh, we've done a great job of that in the years that I've been here. Um, we just haven't beat ourselves. Yeah, because those are the difference-making stats, right? Either the difference for you or the, the difference the other way. No doubt. There's no doubt about it. And, and and our kids can tell you that one of my pet peeves is protect the football. And as I say, we've done a great job. I think our first unit through 10 games has got like five turnovers. So that's pretty good. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, Gary, appreciate the time as always. Congratulations on what you've been able to get done in the regular season. And good luck as you get ready for the postseason on Friday night. Josh, appreciate it. Thanks for calling us. Gary Rankin, head coach there at Alcoa, has had a lot of success. Alcoa has as well as a school, uh, one of the best coaches you're going to find in the state, and appreciate him taking some time uh, to join the show here tonight. Alcoa versus West Green in the first round of the Class 3A playoffs this week. Coming up next, I'm going to talk to Gibbs coach Brad Turner as Gibbs get, gets ready for Tennessee High. We were talking a few minutes ago, I think one of the best matchups of the week Uh, Gibbs offense is rolling and running we'll talk about that coming up next as uh, Gibbs coach Brad Turner joins me on prep sports night with you until eight o'clock when vol calls will take over on FM 99.1 the sports animal
Welcome back into Prep Sports tonight. My name's Josh Ward. Thanks for being here this evening. As Vol Calls will take over coming up at 8 o'clock, we are getting ready for the first round of the 2019 TSSAA football playoffs. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show Brad Turner, head coach at Gibbs High School, getting ready for Tennessee High in Class 5A coming up this week. Brad, good evening. How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Hey, doing really well. And I appreciate you taking some time to join me here tonight. Uh, thoughts on your offense, the way that it's been running, I guess, literally, and uh, and what you've been able to do producing points here uh, this season? Well, you know, we have a system that we run, and we stick to it. And, you know, our guys have bought into it. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were, you know, just trying to feel our way into it. And as the season went along, they just kept buying in and uh, did a fantastic job. Uh, our quarterback's done a fantastic job, our, our, our B-back. And, you know, everybody on the offensive side has done a fantastic job of buying into what we want to do. Why is that buy-in so important? Well, it's just, you know, running the triple option sometimes is, you know, a lot of people, you know, they want to throw the ball around and can get frustrated running the ball, but we're very satisfied with, you know, three yards of carry and, and controlling the clock, and that's sort of what our game is. Yeah, so you mentioned at quarterback Troy Davis, uh, how he's been able to play and, and run with success. How key has that been for your offense overall? Uh, Troy's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. He, uh, you know, he's he's bought his time. He played defense for us his first three years, and as a backup quarterback. But this year he stepped up, earned the job, and uh, you know he's matured a lot, grown up as a young man, and uh, you know our offense follows Troy for sure. Well, that part, uh, growing up, maturing, uh, developing. How much has that been key in you trusting him to then run the offense? Oh, it's it, we, we put all the trust in him. I mean, our offense coordinator. Coach Kitts calls the plays, and Troy has the option at the line to check and, you know, obviously run the triple. He gets to see the defense and, and what his reads are. And, you know, we trust him fully on, uh, on what he does, and he's done a fantastic job. Talking to Gibbs coach Brad Turner here on Prep Sports tonight. What about Ethan Humphreys, what he's been able to do rushing for more than 1,000 yards as well? Ethan's just a uh, – he, he grinds. He's a powerful, powerful runner. He put the work in the offseason in the weight room. Uh, and, and bought in to gain some weight, and you know one guy's not going to bring Ethan down. He, uh, he he's a fantastic runner. He's a hard nosed guy, and uh, you know we, we trust that he's going to get at least two or three yards every time he touches it. Do you find that offensive linemen like running your offense more than if it's uh, if if it's more spread out, drop back and throw? Do, do linemen like this kind of offense? Absolutely. You know, one of the things we do at Gibbs is. You know, our program's built around linemen. You know, we tell our guys that, uh, you know, growing up through the, the middle school and, and the lower levels that, you know, our goal is to develop our linemen, offensive linemen to, you know, if you got good linemen, you can, anybody can run through a hole. Uh, so we really pride ourselves at, at Gibbs of developing offensive linemen. And we reward those guys probably more than we do the skilled guys. So they know coming in that, you know, if, if you like playing offensive line, we're going to reward those guys uh, make them feel special for what they do because sometimes they don't get the credit. They're not in the paper, but um, I think there was one time this this year actually that our whole offensive line got player of the week. I don't know who that was with, but we nominated for our offensive line for I think it was the 500 yards rushing against Sevier County. So we we definitely put emphasis on our offensive linemen. So the unit got rec- got the recognition. 
Yes, the yeah. whole unit, the yeah. offensive line. It was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, that that is cool. And you mentioned you reward them. How, how do you do that? How do you what, are there incentives there? What, how does it work for the for the guys to be yeah. rewarded if you guys do well? Well, food's always a, a motivator. <laughs> yeah. And our, our offensive line coach Brent Wright, uh, anytime we rush for over three hundred yards, he has steak dinner with our offensive linemen. So they've had a lot of steak dinners this year, and uh, you know, hopefully, we keep that going. And um, you know, he does that, and it sort of bonds those guys together and their their friends off the field. So. You know, that's what we try to do, um, and just play those guys as hard as we can play them and, and reward them for what their, their effort and everything they do. I like it. Gibbs coach uh, Brad Turner, uh, how big of a test is this to open open up the postseason going to Tennessee High this week? Well, obviously, I mean, I'm, we've never played up there. You know, been looking at, uh, you know, it looks, seems like a pretty cool place to play. Uh, they're, they're a big physical team, uh, you know, looking at them play, and, you know, they're well coached, and, you know, it's it's obviously it's it's you know coming off the central win, we feel feel pretty confident that, um, you know, and and not to sound arrogant or anything, but we feel like as long as we control Gibbs, that's the only thing we can control. And if we go out and execute, don't turn the ball over, and and do the things that we've worked on all week, then we feel confident we can play with anybody. Well, and with that win against Central, I mean, you're talking about a team that just won a state championship. From a mental standpoint, that that has to help provide the confidence that you just went up against that level team, right? Absolutely. It's been a great week for our kids, you know, come going, you know, to ball games and things on Saturday that, you know, seeing, seeing people support them and, and tell them good job because Central's such a, such a good team and, a, you know, defending state champs and you go out and you know, play well against them and win the game. Obviously, that's really good for our school. That's good for our community. Uh, what about defensively? W- what's important for you heading into the postseason? I know this week specifically you have Jaden Keller, who's a, a big-time uh, big time talent, big time athlete for Tennessee High. But what do you need to do defensively to succeed? Well, we need to, we need to cause turnovers, uh, be disciplined on defense, don't get caught in the wrong place, do our responsibility. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of athletes that they can get the ball to, so we've got to do a good job of of doing our responsibility, being where we're supposed to be, and and obviously trying to create some turnovers. Uh, so that we can get the ball back to the offense and, and control the clock. Yeah, we were just talking about that a, a few minutes ago, especially at this time of year. What difference can that make, uh, w- whether you're on the plus side or the minus side of that turnover battle? Uh, I mean, most of the time, if you win the turnovers, you're going to win the game. For most of the games we've played in, you win that that part of the game, and uh, it just makes your chances of winning a whole lot better, for yeah. sure. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, and you mentioned going to uh, Tennessee High, that stadium. Do, do you talk to your team about, the the place the atmosphere how much does that come up uh, at this time of year yeah we yeah we talk to them about it because you know obviously when you go up and you walk in into into that arena that uh, you know it, it could be a shock uh, you know going in but we talked to them about it and you know just the experience of being able to go play the next round and you know it really doesn't matter where we play but we're excited about going up and the history of that stadium and. Uh, our guys are excited about it, so you know it's going to be a great night for football. Yeah, what is this time of year like when you have this kind of opportunity? You're getting ready for the postseason. You know that it's you know win in advance, lose, and you go home. What's that like for the program, the kids, and everything? Well, it's exciting. I mean, you know, obviously, you know it's a new season. You know, after after your tenth game, it's a new season. Everybody's zero and zero, and uh, you know the great thing is you're out practicing football with lights on. You know, if you're practicing with the lights on then uh, you've had a pretty good season. You're in the playoffs. And we've had a, we have a lot of energy in practice, and, and our kids have uh, bought into what we're doing, and, it, and it's super exciting this time of year. And, uh, you know, we want to continue to try to try to develop our program and, 
uh, you know, make it further than the first round and get to the second round, third round, and, and you know, just do something that we haven't done before, and uh, we're excited about it. Yeah, what do you like about where Gibbs' program is right now? I love it, man. I mean, I was a Gibbs graduate. I played there, and, and uh, I think eight or nine of my coaches actually played for me uh, when, when I uh, started coaching there, and uh, I think eight of them played at Gibbs as well. So it's a it's a community staff, and we're all part of Gibbs, and uh, – you know, we came a long way, and, and the big thing is it's just uh, developing and uh, feeding into our middle school and getting those kids We know, you know, when we know who's coming to Gibbs and those kind of things, so we're excited about it. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, it has to mean a little, not that it doesn't mean a lot to you wherever you're coaching, but it gives probably a little bit more, right? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> my kids go to Gibbs, my wife coached at Gibbs, and it's just we're, we're a Gibbs family. Yeah, good deal. Well, you've done a great job, and uh, I know you have a big opportunity this week at Tennessee High. Good luck as you get ready for this week's game and continued success, and thanks so much for taking a few minutes to join me here on the show tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Gibbs coach uh, Brad Turner, they have a good team, really good offense, as he was talking about as well, and going up against a good Tennessee High team, 9-1 and one on the season, but uh, I think Gibbs has a really good shot. So that's one to pay attention to in Class 5A coming up on Friday night as the high school football playoffs are here and uh, it's been a fun hour edition of prep sports tonight tonight thanks to uh, jesse smithy for being on the show earlier remember to check out his website he has a ton of great coverage for you fivestarpreps.com we're gonna have some games for you on friday night as well it is uh, earlier kickoff seven o'clock so we'll have uh, games live and scores on friday night so you want to keep it right here on fm 99.1 the sports animal as the run to cookville begins Thanks to producer Sam Foreman. Vol Calls is coming up next, getting ready for Tennessee and Kentucky on FM 99.1, the sports animal.